from what was once an inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues, may I now present a cultured, sophisticated what? man about town. Hit it! Hello, hello, it's Wendy Friesen, and I am your hypnotist, and that's why I tell you, sleep with me. (laughs) And it's a catchy title, and it gets your attention, and maybe it makes you a little bit curious about just why you might want to listen to this podcast and share it with your friends. And don't you know, in a moment, you're going to find yourself hopelessly and willingly subscribing to the iTunes podcast so that all can see that this is something that will help you change your mind and change your life. Today, I want to help you change your life by teaching you something that I think is really cool, really mysterious, really weird, and um, unbelievable to most people. It's called Remote Influence and also Remote Seduction. So I have two programs that I made. One is called Remote Seduction, which is specifically to, and this is in quotes, psychically influence someone else, just the psychically is in quotes. <laughs> and I'm actually making the air quotes with my fingers as I say that. Um, and, and then um, how you can influence someone romantically or emotionally um, for seduction purposes. So we got remote influence and remote seduction, and you can do either one, both, neither, whatever you want to do. But I guarantee you that today's podcast is going to open your mind and your eyes to something that you may have known as possible, but you didn't know how to do it, and you didn't really know like what you should use it for, or if it's ethical, or is it taking away someone's free will? Oh, these are hard questions. And I have some answers for you. I want to start by just talking about remote influence and what that is. So I think that all of you know that your attitude determines the results you're going to get in life. And I know that's very simple to say that, but your attitude is more than just the thoughts that you think and the positive, happy face that you put on. Sometimes it's something you internalize and that you really own. And if it's an attitude that contains elements of failure or unworthiness or being unlovable or knowing that you just have bad luck and bad things happen to you, possibly this belief and the emotions and the energy and everything that is contained in that attitude is sent to someone else for them to feel it and receive it and make decisions based on that. So you know that when you're around someone new, someone that you've just met, you get an instant reaction to what their thing is. Within seconds, you know what their deal is. Are they a happy, positive person that you want to be around? Are they negative or fearful? Are they someone who is unworthy or is always doomed to fail? Or are they someone that everything they touch turns to gold? You know this from the moment you meet them. And why do you know it? Well, part of it is body language, part of it's facial expressions, some of it's the tone of their voice, but there's something even deeper that you're picking up on, and that is the energy that they exude that comes from that mysterious place of an aura, perhaps, or that field of energy. We know more and more about how this field of energy actually has information in it, and it radiates from us. And it is received and picked up 
let's say psychically in quotes again, um, by another person. And the reason I say, you know, psychically in quotes is, um, it's not that we can say that a person is psychic, but we all have intuition and we have the ability to read, understand, and feel at more depth than we think we can if we would open ourselves to it. And I'm going to tell you some really interesting stories about things I've done with remote influence. And then I'm going to talk about how we use remote seduction to create better relationships and to uh, enhance our relationships, to enhance our sex life, and to attract someone who maybe we've never met that we would like to meet. Yay! <laughs> okay, so one of the things that, um, that I had played around with is in a workshop that I had in New York, we had about 30 people who had spent three days together. At the last day, I did an experiment. When I did this experiment, I, first of all, I had never done it before and I had never even dabbled in this, but I did it because I wanted to find out how much influence we had with each other. And I thought we were just going to do this little short thing for five or 10 minutes, but the results from the very first part of it that we did were just blowing our minds, all of us. It was like, whoa, really? And what it taught us is that we have so much influence over other people based on not only the thoughts we intentionally think, but the thoughts that we are internalizing that we think that someone doesn't know. Like, you know, if you really don't like someone, you think, oh man, they're such an idiot or whatever. And you're all smiley on the outside, but on the inside, you've got these feelings and they're being transmitted and the other person is picking them up and they go, I don't know why, but I just, I don't like being around that guy. So, (laughs) so I'm going to tell you about this experiment that we did and maybe it'll open your mind a little bit. So what we did is I took two of the people in the group and had them sit in two chairs together, but then the rest of us of a group of 30, we were all in a circle, just either standing or sitting around those two people. I had an empty whiteboard and what I would do is I told the two people in the middle to just close their eyes and I did, um, for everybody, I did um, a real short induction just to get you in touch with that energy that you have that sends thoughts and feelings and emotions and have you connect with the two people in the center who are going to have their eyes closed and to just feel and receive and give those feelings and let yourself be a very clear, open vessel of information. And the way that I asked them to do this is when I told them what I wanted them to feel or experience was to feel it in your body. In whatever way you were going to feel it, just experience it as real as you could with your imagination. Then let it come up through your body to that area in your forehead that is your mind's eye. And let yourself send a beam of energy out through your mind's eye of whatever you were feeling to the person in the center of our circle. So now I had the two people in the middle close their eyes. And on a whiteboard on the wall... I wrote down something and that was what all the people in the circle with their eyes open would see and they were instructed to just internalize and then send it to the two people in the middle. So the first one I think was um, a warm sunny beach and I wrote that down and then the people in the circle were to experience it and then send it to the two people in the middle. And then all I would say is, okay, I want you to clear that out now. Everybody clear out the, those feelings. 
Bring in some cool, clear water through your body and through your mind. And then I would write down the second thing. And the second one was a dark alley. And everyone in the circle looked at it. They would close their eyes and feel whatever it is they would represent in their body as a feeling of being in a dark alley and send it to the two people in the middle. Then I asked them to clear that out, send the cool, clear water through their body and mind. And then I wrote on there skydiving. So then they were to create whatever it was that they would imagine as skydiving and send it to the person in the middle. So when we were done, I... With those three suggestions or those three scenarios, I erased them off the whiteboard and I had the two people in the middle open their eyes. So now I had also instructed everyone in the circle that when I ask questions of the two people in the middle, I don't want you to have any reaction or nod or make any sounds or anything. Just listen. So they wouldn't be um, creating any kind of feedback, right? So I asked the first person, on the, the first suggestion, what did you experience? And she said, it was very warm and I was very relaxed. It felt like I was laying on my back and it just felt like there was a lot of sunshine on me. Okay, so thank you. And then I asked the second person, what did you experience? And she said, it was like there was maybe some palm trees. I saw puffy, beautiful clouds and there was a breeze. I felt a breeze and I felt that I was near some water. Um, and it was just, it was just the right temperature, maybe somewhere tropical. So then I'd say, thank you. But I didn't yet tell them if they were right or wrong. And so I said, okay, on the second one, um, what did you experience? And one of the people said, Um, It was very dark, so I don't know where I was or what was happening, but my heart started racing really fast immediately on that second one. And I I was scared, but my heart was really pounding. And and I felt like there was something I should get away from, but it was just dark. I couldn't see anything. And I said, thank you. And then I asked the next person, what did you experience? She said she felt like she was running. And she says, I don't know why, but I was just running really fast. I was trying to maybe get away from something and I felt myself running. So I said, thank you. And then said, what did you feel on the third one? Or what did you, or I didn't say feel, what did you notice on the third one? So one of the people says, I'm in a tube and I'm in a tube with other people. And I don't know what the tube is, but I'm in there with other people. And it's a long tube, and I'm, we're going somewhere. It feels like we're maybe going up. I don't know, but we're going somewhere. I say, okay, thank you. And I asked the other person, what did you feel? And she said, I was jumping out into nothing, just falling, falling, falling. It was kind of like I was maybe going parachuting or something, but I felt like I, was, I had jumped, and I was just falling and falling and falling. So I'd say, thank you. And then I told them what the three different scenarios were. So one of the things um, that was interesting about this is on the first one, where it was a beach, and both of them had a different experience, but they were both definitely in some place where it was sunny and warm and tropical, and their answers and their experience was right on. Well, you think about 30 people that were in the circle on the outside, and all they were told was to internalize the feeling and the experience and feel it, hear it, sense it in every way they could, and send it to the person. So every person might have experienced it in a different way, but it was still the same scenario. 
So when they were talking about the dark alley, um, the one person said their heart started beating really fast immediately. And it was like, wow, really? That's amazing. (laughs) And the other person was running and they were both in the dark. And all I had said was a dark alley. And they got it. All of, you know, the two in the center had feelings of fear and panic. And one even had her heart racing. And on the third one with a skydiving, one person says, I'm in a long tube. And so they're in this airplane with other people, but they didn't know they were going skydiving, but that's what they had received from someone. And the other one is jumping out and falling. So I think that it just was so fascinating, this first set of three things that we did, um, of how the two people experienced them a little bit different, but definitely the right scenario. So then we had those two people get out of the center and we had two new people go into the center and we did some scenarios. Again, we did three of them with each of them and I didn't stop in between to ask what it was. I did all three. Then we wiped it off the board and had them describe what they experienced. Like one of them was a roller coaster and that's all it said was a roller coaster. So I remember that one of the people said, I'm just going up and up and up and up, and it's really noisy. There's all this clatter, 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 and all these sounds everywhere. And another person was like going down, and they said, I'm definitely at the top of a roller coaster going down, no question. I am just plummeting in this roller coaster. And almost all the answers were right on. I think out of, um, oh, it might have been 15 different scenarios I think we figured out that they were 80% accurate, like really super accurate. So the last one that I did was, (laughs) and we had, um, you know, mixed up some men, some women, and I don't know what the difference was, if there was any particular difference with men being better at receiving it or women. But the last one was two women sitting there. And the third item I wrote on the board for their set of three was orgasm. And um, everyone kept really quiet and they were just sending whatever their experience would be of those feelings of an orgasm and sending it to the two people in the middle. So then when I asked, and it happened to be two ladies in the middle at that time. So I asked the first one, what did you experience? And (laughs) she sat there and and she said, "Um, I can't tell you. And I said, well, could you just describe something about what you experienced? And she said, no. And um, I said, well, how about, is there any way you could give us just a clue about what you might have been feeling? And so with her fingers, she makes like the letter O with her thumb and finger. And she said, oh, and I said, oh, like, she says, and she kind of smiled. And I said, oh, hmm, okay. And then I didn't say yes or no, but... um, I asked the next lady, what did you experience? And she says, whew, there was no question about it. It was the feelings of sensuality, of that just sexual heat that comes up. My whole body was tingling. I really got that they were sending the feelings of an orgasm. So the first lady was just too embarrassed to um, describe it, but she got it so strongly she knew exactly what it was. She wasn't saying, oh, I'm not sure. I kind of, I guess I felt happy or something. She was, you know, definitely getting it. And it was so fascinating that out of all these scenarios that we did, that the people in the middle got such right on receiving of the feelings, the emotions, the sounds, the 
the things accompanying it, it just, it was mind blowing. But the biggest lesson in this was what you're thinking and feeling is always being sent and it's always being received by another person. It may be on a level that you're not aware of, but you're always open to feeling and receiving the inner thoughts of another person. Or if you're around someone who has a lot of fears, maybe you're picking up on their fears. If someone doesn't have confidence, does it affect you and create a lack of confidence in you? And on the other side, if you're with someone who has very wonderful, positive feelings, or they're really good at something, or you know, they have just this amazing confidence in some area, does that affect you? And I don't know which one wins out. Some of us are very sensitive people and we receive the feelings of other people overwhelmingly. Some of us are very confident and we give out our confidence and we're not so affected by other people's maybe insecurities or fears, um, but we are more um, the, the sender of those feelings. So we influence people around us. Some of, the, some of us are the influenced, Right. So this was like, mm, this is a big deal. And I, the people that did this in New York with me about 15 years ago, I'm sure they all still remember it to this day. If you're listening and you were at that uh, New York seminar, you should definitely let me know. So what we're talking about is remote influence and remote seduction. So if you want to look at remote seduction more um, even get the either the download version or the CD version of my remote seduction work. It's at wendy.com slash remote. So make sure you spell Wendy with an I, of course, and just go wendy.com slash remote, and you can read more about it and learn about it. Because it really is fascinating. And on that page, you're going to get the remote seduction area, so then you just need to search for the remote influence one. So here's something fun that happened. As a result of learning what I did at that New York seminar... Um, I was sitting at uh, the state fair with my brother. <laughs> we were just sitting there on a bench, um, I don't know, waiting for something to happen. And I said, hey, let's, uh, let's do a little something here. See that guy sitting over there? And there's a guy about 30 feet away. I said, I'm going to see if I can get him to scratch his balls. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't say scratch his nose, right? That'd be way too boring because it's Wendy. <laughs> So, um, so I said to my brother, Tim, I said, let's see if we can get him to scratch his balls. And so we both would think that and send that thought to him. And within 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds at the most, the guy's uncomfortably reaching down and scratching his balls. It's like, well, that's fun. Um, let's see what else we can do. (laughs) Uh, so I, I have so many awesome stories about this. I was, um, this is kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to need a drink of water. Hang on. Okay, I'm back. So many, many years ago, I was a hypnotist. I was doing this work and knowing full well about the remote influence thing. But I, I was on a um, match.com date, coffee date with a guy, right? So someone I'd never met, and I went and had coffee with him because that's a safe way to do it. And I had been sitting with him having coffee, and he had been talking nonstop, and I think we were going on about 30 minutes of him talking nonstop. And I would try to get a word in edgewise, but it wasn't working. Imagine that. I sat there without talking for 30 minutes. That in itself is a little bit of a miracle. But, <laughs> but since I was sitting there, you know, just 
so attentive and so fascinated with every word, <clears throat> um, I decided that I would use this time for my own <laughs> entertainment. And I, in my body, I created the feeling that I was out of words and my brain like glitched out and I was out of words and that my tongue didn't work to make sounds or words. So I felt that in my brain and then I felt it in my mouth and my jaw of not being able to make words. And I think I probably made 15 seconds or 30 seconds of that feeling. And then I let it get really strong into that place. That's my mind's eye in the center of my forehead and sent it to him. And right then, right that second, he stopped talking. His mouth was kind of moving a bit, but the words weren't coming out. And he was going like, uh, 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 I'm sorry, sorry. Um, uh, oh, and he says, and then he says, this has never, um, happened before. I just suddenly, I just, I don't know. I can't talk. It was really quite remarkable considering he had been talking nonstop for 30 minutes. And he said, wow, that's so weird. Like, I don't know. I just, all of a sudden I had no words and my tongue wouldn't work well. And he, and he kept like talking and kind of stuttering like that. And I was like, oh my, look what I did. (laughs) And, um, you know, that definitely helped drive home the, the belief that we do have this ability. However, maybe you're not using it intentionally or you're not using it for, well, for entertainment purposes in my part. But also, is that a function? Does it definitely, you know, there was a need for this sort of thing at that moment, right? (laughs) So, okay, a few more stories about how this works, and then I'm going to teach you how to do it. I'm going to actually give you the process that you use to do it. And then when you combine it with your own amazing hypnosis skills to do yourself hypnosis, you're going to become a master at either remote influence or remote seduction. Okay. So here's kind of a fun one. I was doing, uh, classes for athletes at a health club in Sacramento. And I had two ladies that came to the class that were on the tennis team and they had a big tournament coming up. And so they played doubles in this tournament and I had them, in hypnosis, go through a process that was about how powerful they are and how their opponent is intimidated by the power and the authority of their play. And I think I got this whole wording from Steve Parkhill, who wrote Answer Cancer back in the day. Uh, He is a great hypnotherapist and an amazing influence in my life. But he had this thing for athletes where you would make them have such inner strength and such power that it weakened and disabled their opponent that they are simply, by the energy of your belief, they are going to be weakened, disabled, and intimidated by the power and the something of your play. So the two girls, I had them go through all the things that I do with athletes to get their game really strong and just feel really confident and on top of it. And then we did this phrase that says, anytime you need to turn the game around, you simply stop, you take a breath, And you remember that your opponent is weak, helpless, disabled by the power and authority of your play and everything that that meant. So all you have to do is just get that phrase right there, take the breath and just send it to them. Bam, just like that. So later the girls were telling me they were playing, I think it was in the semifinals or finals of their tournament. 
and they were they lost the first set. They were down the second set, like three to five, which meant that if the other team got one more set, they won. So the girls had forgotten about the phrase that we put in there. And they said, you know, they were just crushing us. They were really good. And we had tried so hard and everything you taught us was helping, but we had forgotten about this phrase. So the two of us took a moment and we said, wait a minute, let's do this. Your opponent is weak, disabled, and helpless by the power and authority of your play. And they sent it to them. And they said the weirdest thing was they immediately started missing shots. They were missing serves. And we came back and we won the whole tournament. But it became so obvious that at that moment, everything turned around. And they just were uncoordinated. And they seemed like they were weak all of a sudden. And, you know, just um, the timing of these things puts it well beyond a coincidence because you know that that's the moment that you sent that message to them. And and that's the moment that they started getting... um, weak and making mistakes and they started losing. So that was pretty cool, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, So again, if you want to get the program for remote seduction or remote influence, you can go to wendy.com slash remote, Wendy with an I, remember that. If you're going to tell your friends where to find it, be sure to tell them to go there as well, wendy.com slash remote. So what else can you use this for? What kind of things besides making someone scratch their balls <laughs> or, or shut up when they won't quit talking? Um, you know, there are so many things you can use it for. And you maybe in yourself, you have a wish that you like, oh, I wish this guy would stop talking. Or you wish that someone would be more in love with you. Or you wish that you could help your wife to want to be more romantic or adventurous, or you wish that this person that's going to interview you would instantly get that you're the person for the job. Well, um, one more kind of interesting story. No, I got a couple of them. Actually, I have a, a lot, but one more rather interesting one that is really helpful for interviews. You're going to go into an interview with someone who is excellent at reading energy They can size you up in five seconds. They know if you're fearful or confident or smart or quick before you open your mouth. So before you go in for an interview, even if you don't know who that person is that's going to be interviewing you, you can still create in your body and your mind that you've already got the job, that they already hired you. They're already thrilled with having you there. No matter how um, fearful or unconfident or insecure you are, Do that in advance. Or if you're going to speak on stage, you create in yourself this confidence that the audience is already, it's already a done deal. They've loved what you had to say. They absolutely stood up and, you know, applauded for you. And they told their friends and everything else. So you create that ahead of time. And something in your energy carries the information to that, either that interviewer or that audience that you're already successful. It's already a done deal, right? So I was driving um, to an audition for a part in a play in San Francisco. And this play had been running for six months or so, and they had only one female part that was being replaced. 
and I was going to go on audition for that one female part. And I was, I was pretty young. I didn't have a great theater resume, but I was going to just take a stab at it because I wanted to do that. And it was a musical and I, you know, I hadn't really sung much. So I decided I would um, give it a try. While I was driving over the Golden Gate Bridge, I got this feeling that it's already happened. They've already chosen me. I already have the part. It's been decided. And I imagine myself already being in that play, going to the rehearsals and getting up to speed and, and going there and doing six or seven shows a week in um, a little off-Broadway. It actually was one block off Broadway Street in San Francisco at the Palladium. And I was just, I just felt it. It was already done. So now there were two days of auditions for this one part, and there were about 150 women altogether that were auditioning. And I was there on the first day, and it was about the middle of the day, and I got up there, and I'm like, oh boy, oh. Um, And I sang a song, and I read some lines and sang some more. And again, you know, I didn't have like this history of great, you know, theater or auditioning for anything on this level. I'd only been in some community productions. And when I got off the stage, a director said to me, he says, you know, we have a lot of women to audition still, he says, but I got to tell you, unless Liza Minnelli walks in, you have the part. And I was like, hmm, really? He says, yeah, I'm, I, I, we just would want you for the part. Well, I was thrilled, of course, <laughs> but I was like, huh, that's really strange. And what I had done is put myself in that mindset that I already had the part when I was driving over the bridge. And I guess that somehow created the confidence and the feeling in me that then was transmitted to him or whoever else. And then I was in that play for several months. And, and then, uh, they were taking the show, I guess, in, to Philadelphia, and um, one of the other producers wanted me to come to be in the show in Philadelphia, um, which was very exciting, except that he said to talk about it, we'd need to go up to his hotel room, but I didn't do that, so <laughs> so I didn't get that part, which was totally just fine. Um, what else? The dog. Okay, so my friend Bonnie, she has this big art studio, and because her, her husband does these enormous bronze sculptures, it's huge, which doesn't really matter to the story, but we're sitting in her studio just talking, and I was over there because um, she has a horrible allergy to cats. It's just intense, and her face will swell up, and she'll get asthma, and it's very dangerous. But there's three kittens in her art studio that had been um, abandoned, so she needed to get rid of her cat allergy, which we did. It took about twenty minutes. We totally got rid of it. It never came back, and she kept the kittens. But here's what here's the part of the story. I mean, that part's pretty cool too. But here's the part that I really enjoyed. So she has a dog that was on the other side of the art studio, just sitting there in the corner, and even facing into the corner. And at one point, I don't know, we're sitting around talking. I was going, "Come here, come here." come here, come here. And she said, oh, he won't come. He hates everybody. He, his past owners were really, really mean to him. And so he doesn't like strangers at all. He's just scared of everything. And, and I was going, come here, come here. And he wouldn't come over. So Bonnie and I continue talking. And while we're talking, unbeknownst to her, in my mind, I imagined that I was like kind of squatted down on my knees, giving this dog some milk bones um, and he's gobbling him up and making eye contact with him. And he's just happy as can be eating these milk bones. And about 
10 or 15 seconds after I did that, dog comes trotting right over, puts his head on my lap (laughs) and just stayed there. And she said, whoa, I have never seen that. I've never seen him like even come near anybody new in the house. And I told her what I did. So the dog was um, a little smelly and stuff, and he had been doing, you know, sitting beside me and stuff for 10 minutes or so. And I couldn't get him to just, like, go back and, you know, sit down and take a break. So so I said, and, you know, I told her what I did, and I said, well, what does he not like? And she said, well, you know, his past owners used to yell at him a lot and stuff, and I, well, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, her and I continued talking, and I imagined myself... Just imagine, I feel bad to this day, but I imagine that I was standing up and yelling at him, um, and uh, immediately that dog, even though I never made eye contact, I was still talking to her, that dog put his tail between his legs and slunked away, that's not the right word, slunk, slinked, something like that, went over to that corner, put his face to the wall, and would not look at me again, that was it. So how about that? (laughs) I know. I, yeah. All right. So what else do we have? Um, At a conference one time I was at, there was several hundred people in a room. And just to play around with my mad skills, there was a guy across the room that was standing against the wall. And again, I wasn't making eyes at him or, you know, trying to, I wasn't making contact. I just decided that I was going to send some feelings to him that would be feelings of connection that for some reason he would want to get to know me or want to get closer. And and like I say, it was just for fun. Well, the rest of the conference for three more days, anywhere I was standing, he was within five or six feet of me or 10 feet of me. For the rest of the conference, anywhere I went, he was right there. And he, I don't remember if he ever had talked to me or not, but he was there like, (laughs) like there was a force field that held him in and he had to be that Close to me is just fascinating. So as a result of doing all these experiments, I made this program for remote seduction. Now, we have a little bit of controversy in whether or not you should use this ability to seduce someone. And can you use it to seduce someone? And is it doing it against their will? And is it making them do something they wouldn't normally do? And these are all very good questions. Here's an interesting um, comment from someone who used remote seduction, and it kind of sums up the potential for it and why it might be okay to use this for good. So this is from Don from West Virginia, and he says, Several years ago, my wife went through menopause, and since that time, our sex life had gone in the toilet. I hope you weren't really doing it in the toilet. (laughs) I I had received the remote seduction CD set, And I listened to it for about a week, embedded the suggestions in my mind, and then for about a week, every night before I fell asleep, and every morning right as I was waking up, I focused on my wife. I told her she was feeling sexy, horny, as her desire would increase, it would invade her dreams. Well, of course, he wasn't telling her this, he was sending the thoughts, right? He says, last Saturday, I awoke to being molested by her big time. My wife said she didn't know what was going on. She'd been having sexy dreams and she just had to have sex now. Now, I've been married for 30 years, so maybe my connection is stronger to her, but it worked for me. I wouldn't do this to someone that I wasn't married to 
Somehow that would seem like cheating, but if your sex life has slowed down, this might be the trick for you. So he restored sexual desire in his wife. It happened as a result of him doing that. He said he did it for about a week and it worked. So another Another comment someone has says, I've used this CD more than once and it's worked well for me. I think people are really getting the wrong impression about what it's for. It's a lot like talking up or down to yourself. You can either choose to let an opinion influence you in a positive or negative way, but the choice is still yours. It doesn't mean that someone's going to fall all over you because they begin to think more about you. Or if they did have that reaction, perhaps they were really into you and they just needed a little encouragement. Here's another comment that I found kind of interesting. Um, Someone wrote in and said, remote seduction strikes again after months of creative visualization, wishful thinking, and unflinching positive expectancy. So they had been working on this for several months and nothing was working. And then he says, just two uses of your remote seduction resulted in me unexpectedly running into, in quotes, my indifferent quarry, which was his intended person that he wanted to uh, bring into his quarry. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Okay, in a six-hour lunch the next day. I'm continuing to charge my energy ball as I want a lot more. Oh, this is about a, a guy. He is a tough nut to crack. Worth every distressing and frustrating setback and delay over the last year. Your technique has lightened my heart. Thank you. Um, this one's from a doctor says, I'm 43 year old. I general family doctor who should know better, but I got it bad. And I love how I empowered, how empowered I feel with remote seduction. Says the feeling of being able to do something is worth many more dollars than I paid for your CD. And then experience such a result is mind blowing for someone with my scientific background. Keep up the fabulous work and take joy from knowing how much you've helped even together people like me. So yeah, if you if you get to the remote seduction page where you see uh, questions and answers from me, the answers of mine are in red. But it's a, it's very interesting about the skeptical aspect, the free will aspect, and I don't want to take all the time to read that to you, but um, do read that page when you get to it. Remember, wendy.com slash remote. And then you're going to have to just do a little quick search in the search box for remote influence if you're looking for general influence. So how can you use remote influence as one woman asked me recently, she says, um, her name's Catherine. And she says, Wendy, I would like to be a better tennis mom. I notice them when I get nervous or tight before my daughter's matches, it seems to have a similar effect on her. When I'm loose and relaxed before she, before her matches, she feeds off of that too. Even though I'm not the one physically playing the sport, I covertly know that I'm a big influence. Can you help me to be more relaxed and supportive regardless of the outcome of the match? So Catherine, this is an awesome question because you do have an influence. Of course, you and your daughter are so connected and you share thoughts from, you know, before she was born, you're sharing emotions and thoughts and you have a phenomenal influence. So I definitely recommend you using the remote influence to help her with that. But now what are we going to do? We're going to give you an example of how you use remote influence or remote seduction, how you create that. So one of the first things you would want to do is actually get yourself into trance, right? Because being in trance is different than just wanting, wishing, visualizing, correct? Visualizing is very helpful 
Thinking the right thoughts is absolutely important, but there's a difference when you do it in trance. And, you know, I don't want to get too woo-woo with you because I try to, like, keep things on a really nice uh, (laughs) non-woo-woo level, but let's go woo-woo for a little while here. If the feelings you experience are charged with the psychic energy of whatever it is that creates this aura or this etheric body or this field of thought, then that field of thought reaches out. And if it's an aura or a field of energy, it has the ability to reach out quite far. There's no limitation to distance or effect. But you think about this etheric body, and you know that we can take images of auras with Curlian photography, and we can see that people's auras are influenced by their emotions, or when you see the auras of two people kissing, or you see an aura of something that has pain, or when they tear a leaf in half, that there's an energy field that remains there where the missing half of the leaf is. And I know some of this is pretty controversial. Oh, but one thing I do want to uh, enlighten you about is, you know, when you go to like a psychic fair or something and they have like an aura photography and it's like all these colors and it's a ring that's all around your head. And they say, Oh wow, you've got this here and that there. Well, I got to tell you, it's fake. (laughs) Oh no, I know. Oh, too bad. Um, the reason I know is because I brought my client who had lost her leg in a motor motorcycle accident and she was having phantom pain in her leg. So I wanted them to take this aura photograph of her leg and I wanted to see if the missing leg would show up and it would show us where the pain was or we could get something that just showed some evidence of how this phantom pain was manifesting itself. And they said, well, here's the problem with that. Um, The aura photograph is going to be a round ring, the shape of a head. It will not be in the shape of a leg. And I said, really? They said, yeah, because this photography is more like just an interpretation of what might be happening in your aura field and stuff. And apparently to do this, you put your hand on a pad and that through your hand, it somehow creates this image of an aura around your head. And um, they did admit to me that, well, it's not quite what you're thinking. But there was a booth with curly and photography but the equipment is very expensive. And all they did is you'd put your fingertips into this box and it would actually create a little white um, image of your aura of your fingertips. And apparently that that's more of what real curly and photography is. So just as a little sidebar, there you go. Tell your friends. Okay. So where was I? Oh, okay. Now we want to do this in trance. We want to affect what we know is affected by being in that, that wonderful subconscious state or that higher self state or affecting our aura or that wisdom. and whew, Okay, so let's do this. You can go ahead and close your eyes and relax. I want you to take a few breaths while I'm talking. And just for a few minutes, I'm going to help you get in touch with what it is you feel and experience and what you can send and share with other people. So take another deep breath in, let it all the way out. Yeah, it feels kind of good to slow down, doesn't it? Yeah. 
So slow down and relax right now. And I want you just to let your face muscles relax, let your shoulders drop, let your arms get heavy and loose and limp. And just know that with every breath that you breathe, your body relaxes deeper, your mind becomes more soothed and relaxed. Every word that I say floats into your awareness, creating a deeper relaxation with every word. And just feel how easy it is to let your entire body go. And on the next breath, as I count downward, you're going to let yourself sink into that beautiful space, ready to learn and experience. Ready? Breathe. Three, deeper. Two, all the way down inside of yourself. And one, letting go right now. Let go. Good. Let go. You continue to get deeper and deeper into a beautiful state of trance. And I want you just to notice that there's something that you want, something you want to feel that you would like to share with others. Maybe it's a feeling of confidence, of having others feel that confidence in you the moment they meet you. Maybe it's a feeling of joy. Maybe it is a feeling of giving and receiving love, of extending your energy out to find that soulmate that will bring back that connection and that bond. Perhaps it is to be on stage and be a wonderful speaker and have your audience love every word you say. So whatever it is right now, I want you to feel it, imagine it, and let it be real. What kind of sounds happen when you're experiencing this? What do you feel in your body when this is happening? What is your emotional state when you're fully involved in this experience? How do you want the other person to feel? If it's one person or an audience, what do you want them to feel? Just notice that and you feel it from them and you're sending it back out to them and creating this connection. Now, feeling it in yourself, I want you to make it bigger and more real and more intense. All feelings that are good and wonderful and powerful, I want you to let them get really big and let it move up your body all the way till it's moving to your forehead. And then let your palms of your hands be right there in front of you. Bring them out right there in front of you, staying relaxed. But from your mind's eye, I want you to let that experience come out of your mind's eye in the center of your forehead and let it come out like a beam of light. And let that beam of light go into your hands 
And that energy and light collects as a ball of energy. And it just streams out of your forehead into your palms and it creates this ball of energy. You can feel it now. You can feel the strength of that ball of energy. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. It may be humming. It may be tingling in your palms. It might be warm. And as you see the stream of energy filled with all of your thoughts, intentions, your experience into that ball of energy, you can see that person or that group of people feeling and experiencing you in the way that you want. Feel it. Now relax and just let that ball of energy be there in your hands. When I count to three, I want you to let that ball of energy be released. And I want you to let it go into millions of tiny particles, not yet. And each of those particles is going to carry a wisdom, a thought, and it's going to contain the entire experience that you infused it with. And it's going to go out and seek something similar to seek out the person or the experience or the opportunity that matches somehow. So right now, get ready to release that ball of energy. Perhaps you're sending it to one specific person. Maybe you're sending it out into the unknown. Or maybe you're sending it specifically to a group of people. So get ready as I count. You're going to let that ball of energy just explode into a million tiny pieces. Ready? Three. Deeper. Just feel the intensity and the heaviness of that ball. Two. Get ready. It's humming and it's filled with life. And one. Let it go and let it turn into particles. Sparkling, twinkling. Look at them go. Just sparkling and twinkling and going right to the person, the opportunity, the group of people, or even into the unknown to find the experience that you want. Good. Now I just want you to notice that you have a field of energy around your body. You have all the thoughts, feelings, emotions, ideas that are swirling around in that beautiful cocoon of energy around you. It carries all the information about who you are, what you think, what you believe, what you love. So pay attention to what you carry with you in your field of energy, in that aura. And just love what you're sharing, sending, and receiving. Good. Now take a deep breath, and I want you to come back here, bring all your energy back here. And as I count from one to five, bring all your awareness right back to your body, your energy coming back, and feel wide awake on the number five. Ready? One, bring the energy into your legs and arms. Two, bring all that energy all the way up into your body. And three, feeling really good. And four, your eyes will feel cool and refreshed. And five, wide awake, clear-headed and refreshed. Good. Open your eyes. Take a nice deep breath. Okay. So that was a short version 
of doing remote influence. And it's one version of how to do it. If you, or I should say, when you buy the program of remote seduction or remote influence, you have one of the sessions that is dedicated to creating that intention and getting really good at filling that ball of energy with what you truly want. And then the second part is getting really good at sending it. And when you do it in trance and you spend 20 or 25 minutes just sending it, you're creating some really great power. Like remember um, one of the letters that I was reading, he said two times he used the remote seduction and poof, it worked. And you know, when I tell you that I've gotten really good at it, remember, you know, I got that guy to shut the F up (laughs) in, in mere seconds. So maybe you want to really hone your powers and your energy and you want to be able to use this to help people. Maybe you could use it for healing purposes or for empowerment or helping people with confidence. Maybe your job requires you to motivate people and you're frustrated because you just can't get them motivated the way you want. I've done this in sales meetings for corporations with the staff, and I've worked with them and helped them understand how they affect their client when they need to close a deal or they need to help their client want to do business with them. So many people go into business situations feeling doubt and fear and not knowing that they have this amazing power to create the feelings they want and the outcome they want. I know it seems mysterious or magical and woo, 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 but what if you try it and you find out that it really does work? Now, I could help your entire staff learn how to do this in a way that's not so woo-woo, but rather something that will feel right for them and get them to start using it with clients and with um, outcomes that they want. And one of the, I did this for four radio stations for the sales staff and they would, every week I'd go there and I worked with all of them uh, at the same time. And after four weeks, they were breaking records with the sales. This is the um, sales staff that sells advertising and they were breaking records and they were making personal goals happen and they were just they were doing things that they thought were not possible. So for you, I want you to think about achieving the impossible and the possible and maybe creating some remote seduction, helping your husband or wife or lover, boyfriend, girlfriend to really feel what you want them to feel and to connect with you more deeply. What could be better than to connect on a level that is that amazing thing you feel when you're in love and keep that going for five or 10 or 20 years or reignite it when it's been gone? Why wait to uh, read another book or go to another weekend workshop. Instead, maybe you can have the effect that um, the one man had on his wife by just sending her those feelings and giving her an amazing dream that made her wake up and have her way with him. So, um, all right. So let's see, what else? Um I think that's all the stories saying jiggling my paper here. It must be, must be the end of our hour together. You know, I'm, I'm really enjoying the interaction and the comments and the things that, um, 
really gets you inspired. So keep giving me more comments and ideas. You can email me at wendyhelp at gmail.com. Wendy with an I, Wendy help, just all one word at Wendy help at gmail.com. And you can get your remote seduction or your remote influence on if you go to wendy.com slash remote. And remember, once you go there, then if you click to go to the cart, then you can search for the remote influence if you don't want remote seduction. But there is just some really fascinating stuff to read that will help you be enlightened about whether or not we have free will and what Can you do this to someone when it's not for their best and highest good? Can you override what their thoughts are and their um, outcomes? You know, let's let's talk about it because it is a really interesting topic. Um, But I still think people have free will. I mean, it's not like you're going to bend their will and you're going to make them do something to you or for you or because of you. They still have a choice. So if it doesn't work... Is it because it just didn't work or is it because, you know, it's just not the right thing at that time and, you know, and it's only for their best and highest good. And I do put that in the program, in the remote seduction and remote influence program. It's when you're making that ball of energy, it also says that only those things that are for their best and highest good will be received and acted upon and implemented and absorbed, right? Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of a good thing. (laughs) If you would like for me to answer your questions or ponder your ideas during my podcast, you email me at wendyhelp at gmail.com, just like Catherine did when she asked me about her daughter and her tennis match, which was the inspiration for this podcast. So Catherine, you get a $50 gift certificate and I'm going to email that to you and let you listen to this entire podcast for free, just like everybody else gets to. But I'm <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe you want to get the remote influence program and you can listen to that and focus it on your daughter and giving her more power in her tennis um, matches and help her to become really, really great at what she's doing. So congratulations, Catherine, $50 gift certificate. And if you want to have a $50 gift certificate, to anything that I just email me and tell me what your questions, your ideas, your problems, your frustrations, your joys, whatever. Tell me it's crazy, Wendy, what you say. I don't believe you. Or say, hey, Wendy, this is rock and roll. This is the right on thing that I've been looking for all my life. But just do that. And if I use your question or thoughts for a podcast, you too will be going like, oh, I got $50. Yes. Yes. But you still may not see dead people. (laughs) Or maybe you will. (laughs) Anyway, I want to sign off. And thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. I want to grow this audience to exponential proportions. And I want you to just be happier, have a better life, and realize that if you change your mind, you really will change your life. Okay, well, I'm Wendy Friesen, and I'm just thrilled to death that you're listening Thanks for being here. You have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.